0: like well, wait a second I can make this declaration right now I don't need to see the healing I can declare before him by faith God is my provider why because I'm taking hold of that thing I am taking it by faith and therefore the way faith operates in my life in your life and anyone else's life is it now that creates the evidence
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Lift It Up Podcast. My name is Corey O'Neill. I'm on the creative team here at New Beginnings. And I'm here with our lead pastor, Joe Soros. And we are talking today about how the kingdom operates. And you know, you can go on YouTube and find out how a thing operates. Say you want to know how, you know, whatever, your electric razor operates. You, you're most likely gonna go on YouTube. You usually don't go. Directly to the factory who makes the electric razor, or whatever you're trying to f- uh, find out information about. Uh, well, about an hour ago, I was just having a conversation with our head of production, uh, Jay Clayton, and he was saying how we have this audio consultant that 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 comes and uh, stays here for an amount of time when we're opening up a new campus, right. and right? When we have to set up audio and speakers and stuff, right? That like that. This audio consultant, he is so professional. He knows what he's doing and he, he knows the equipment so well that he, because he doesn't go to YouTube to find out information about the things that we need to install in, in our campuses. This guy goes directly to the company. He, go, he goes directly to the people who made the speakers or who, who made the soundboard or, or whatever it is that we, we need. Yeah. He he gets his information from the source, the creators. The creators. So we're, when we're talking about how the kingdom of God operates, we're not going to go to somebody's opinion. We're going to go to the source. We're going go to go. That's what
0: people do. That's, where they that's go in a lot of people do.
1: <laughs>
0: instead of going to the author, instead of yeah. going to
1: the creator. Yeah, and so we're we're going to the Word of God, which is what we believe is the best way that we're going to add value to your life with the Word of God, that's and. So how
0: does the kingdom of God operate? The kingdom, the kingdom of God has an economy. Now, when we say the word economy, we think of finances, right? Away. But economy is the way a culture operates, the way a government operates, the way a society operates. It's the way things are done. Uh, you, you know, years and years and years ago, before currency was a thing, the people bartered. You know, I bring you three chickens, you give me uh, uh, whatever uh, seed to plant, or maybe vegetables from your garden. So there's a system of that functions so that you can survive, I can survive, I can feed my family, you can feed your family. Well, the economy of the kingdom of God operates on faith. Faith is the fuel, faith is the operational force that God has made available to us. You really think about it, how generous and how loving and what an awesome God that we have, that he allows mankind to operate the way he does. You realize, we both realize Genesis chapter one, God creates the universe, not just the earth, the universe, actually creates everything that's material, everything that's seen and things that are unseen. And he does it by faith. He speaks and things come to pass. And the awesome thing is that he didn't reserve that for himself to say, Well, I'm God, and you're less than me, and uh, this way I'm going to make you dependent upon me. This way you can never operate. You'll never threaten my position, in other words. He is so gracious, so loving. He's truly a good, good father. So he allows us, he allows his creation, human beings, flesh and blood and bone individuals, to have a spirit inside them. He allows us to participate to also conduct ourselves in such a way that we can get results. Now, um, to just give some basic foundation and and so that all of our listeners, all of the people that are watching us, um, they'll understand why faith is such a big deal. And faith is a big deal. We come into our relationship with, with with God through Jesus Christ by faith. We declare our faith in Christ. It's a very big deal. You really can't operate in the kingdom without faith. That's the whole the whole way we come in. The way that's the, the door into our salvation is faith. And please, when I'm saying this, and I want everyone who's watching or listening to understand, we're not saying that because faith is so powerful that we're so important. Because faith is only the hand that takes hold of what God makes available. And what God makes available, you and I cannot possibly create, his grace, his power, his love, uh, salvation, whatever we need from God. This is what comes out of his heart. But how do we take hold of it? How do we make it ours? How do we experience what God possesses? And that is by faith. So faith is
1: extremely important. Um, Can I ask a question? Sure. Because you said something that I think is worthy of exploring a little bit. You said that God had faith when he was speaking the world into existence. So, Isn't that such a uh, strange concept if you've never heard that? For the, first, for the person hearing that for the first time, the idea that God has faith, because it's like, well, what is, why would God have faith? What, people have to have faith in God. So why, what does God have to have faith in? What, what, well, because,
0: yeah, because he has the ability to speak into nothing and create something. So because he is he is introduced in the beginning of the Bible, it's really a good question. He's introduced in the beginning of, of the Bible, Abraham's experience with God was God El Shaddai. Yeah. Okay? And that can be translated a couple of different ways, but one of the most usual ways we translate, the most common ways it's translated as the all-sufficient one, the self-sufficient, all-sufficient one. Yeah. Well, in order for somebody to be self-sufficient, not need anything else, then that means that everything starts... Everything begins, everything is initiated by that being. And that's who our God is. Okay? But how about if we look at it this way? Yes. In fact, we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11 at some point, And it makes it very specific, um, makes it very clear that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why? Because he's the God of faith. So when we operate in faith, we're imitating him. When we operate in faith, we're duplicating him. We are doing. We're lo- We're following our daddy. We're doing what daddy says. Ephesians chapter five, I think verse one says that we're supposed to be, like dear children, imitators of our heavenly father. Yeah. You know, I remember my kids when they were little; they would dress up a certain way. I'll never forget one time, um, my wife walked into one of the kids in their bedrooms, and um, I want to get this straight. Um, Mark had his little sports jacket on, he's preaching, um, uh, David, who was the youngest, he's getting ministered to. I, I think Michael was like one of the ushers. Joe was one of the ushers and, and they walked in, my wife walked in and so they're imitating. They're imitating. I was just starting to step into preachings. They're starting to step into these things. And so they were imitating their daddy. When you and I operate in faith, we're imitating our daddy. That's why what pleases, what would please. When my wife told me that, that made my heart just, wow. You know, there are other times when when I was in business, you know. uh, My oldest son would watch me with the way I would cook or the way I would make products or produce things, make bread, all these other kind of things. And so he would get right in there and want to do the same things. What was he doing? He's imitating his daddy. So faith is a big deal for us because it pleases God when he sees his children operating the same way. When you and I speak by faith, Say against the sickness the disease, yeah. or speaking over our finances and maybe we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here and we'll, we'll cover this much more in the future when you and I speak over our finances, we are calling those things that are not as though they were yeah. okay basically that's what God taught Abraham to do okay you can't talk about faith without talking about Abraham but going back to to creation, God spoke and it happened
1: yeah you know, God talking- spoke. And then he said it was good. He declared it to be good. Oh, yeah. You, you mentioned, you know, your children were imitating their father. And we're talking about the creation account in Genesis 1. And I, I think of in that chapter, in the first chapter of Genesis, God says that every seed is going to reproduce after its own kind. Genesis chapter 8. In other words, what, what grows out of a seed. Mm-hmm it's going to make more seeds that are going right. to grow more of that same thing. Right. You
0: can't plant a watermelon seed and expect to get a tomato. Yeah. You plant a watermelon seed, you're going to get a watermelon. Yeah.
1: I, I, I read that as a principle that was intentionally placed in the very beginning, not the very beginning, but very yeah. close to the yeah. very beginning yeah. of the Bible for a very good reason. <clears throat> that it, It's a principle that, yeah. if you think about it, I, I think that principle is all over this book. Oh, through the scriptures, yeah. Because even on the evil side.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, every, scene, every seed s- reproduces after its own kind.
1: Yeah. There's an evil seed that was planted when the serpent t- spoke to Eve and said, yes, and they sinned. And <clears throat> everything spiraled out of control. Well, same Well, you know, because the devil can't create anything. Mm-hmm. Would you say that the devil just tries to... Mimic, what mimic, d- pervert, God does, but in an evil way. Yeah. Right. right. So, Hebrews eleven
0: one. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Okay, Can you go read there?
1: It? It's Romans. Here we go. Hebrews eleven one. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Talk about it. Okay. So... I personally, the first time that that I read that, in in this translation, the New King James translation, um, faith is is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I think I tried to understand it. And I think I I convinced myself that I totally know exactly what it means and I totally have a, a grasp on what it's saying here. I think I thought that, um, but to be honest, it's a little confusing at first glance.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you may not have been wrong, but now you've I seen stuff it. to add to it.
1: Right, yeah, that's probably more accurate right. way. Yeah, of
0: I don't it. think it's a correction. It's more of a illumination. You know, yeah. there's revelation, there's illumination. Revelations when you see something for the very first time, and it's like, whoa, and the Holy Spirit reveals something to you. Yeah. But then there's other times when it's a process now you have illumination. Oh, wow. So now I've studied the original language. I've yeah. seen what the wording is, even some of the tenses and grammar. And then you go, oh, wow, this really explodes off the page. This means so much more than what I originally thought it meant. Yes. So
1: Absolutely. talk about that. So you want, want me to go into the original uh, language here? Because, yeah, please. So that word substance. Okay. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. That word "substance," I, I, I never really understood why that's, that word was put in there, why it was translated like that. <clears throat> the original language, because the, the Bible was written in Greek, in Greek what, the New Testament, New Testament was written Testament, in, Gre- yeah. in, in Greek. "Substance" was translated from the word "hupostasis." Mm-hmm. Okay, and "hupostasis" is a compound of two words: mm-hmm. "hupo," which means either by or under, right, and "stasis," that means to stand. Mm-hmm. So when you put those two words together, it's I'm standing by something, or I'm standing under something, and so, and-, and uh, The support Bi- system. Yes, and, and there's a Bible teacher who I love, I know you love, yes. a lot of people at our church yeah. love, uh, his name is Rick Renner, mm-hmm. and he unpacks this, this word, hypostasis, he unpacks this verse, Hebrews 11, 1. Um, Hoopostasis, standing by something, it, it's, I'm standing under a guaranteed agreement, right, or a, a, a title to a promise, or property. Mm-hmm. In other words, this is mine. Right. It already belongs to the me. The evidence. It's the evidence. Of the thing not yet seen. Yeah. It's, it's a legitimate claim right. to something because it, it literally is under a legal standing. Right. right. And the way Rick Renner puts it is, faith is, I'm standing by it. It's a standby. And, and he says that the, Hebrews 11.1 1, could really be seen not necessarily, or not just a definition of faith, mm. but really it's the behavior of faith. The behavior, the way faith operates. The way it operates, right. And, and that's The part too. that it plays in our life yeah. to
0: receive from the realm of the spirit, from the realm of the unseen, to bring it into the, to the realm of the seen.
1: Yeah, and so, and so <clears> that's the way faith operates, and that's the way the kingdom operates.
0: Then it's important for us to know that.
1: Yeah, that's the way Abraham operated. Exactly. Maybe maybe not totally at first. Well oh, none of us did. Yeah,
0: none of us did. You know, we come into salvation and we think, oh wow, look at you know, I I received Jesus. I, I, I believe in Jesus. I believe that God raised him. I do. We put some but it's really a taking hold of what God has already revealed yeah. to us. Okay. And taking that and being completely confidently convinced that what Jesus accomplished on the cross has purchased our salvation to the point where we don't even have to think about what my eternal destination is going to be anymore. It's settled. It's 100% settled because faith that we released took hold of what God releases, which is grace. Jesus died on the cross for us is complete grace. Complete grace. We didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. Not one human being on this earth deserves it. Is completely God's idea, a complete, total manifestation of the heart of love that he has for people.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So we take hold of that, and then it just becomes a natural thing. It becomes natural faith. It becomes the thing that we don't have to think twice about. Yeah. Okay. There's certain parts of, of your life, most likely, where nobody has to keep convincing you. You know, you, you got it now. Yeah. Every once in a while, it's nice to refresh your memory about something. But it's there now. It's not. You don't have to keep wondering every day. You don't have to keep getting saved again every day. You don't have yeah. to keep saying, you know, I laugh sometimes when people say, you know, uh, you know, I receive Jesus every morning. You don't have to do that, okay? <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't mind, but you don't have to do that. Yeah. Uh, when you do that, sometimes you're even undermining what you Across, claim to believe. Yeah. It's, it's a once-for-all event, once-for-all time, that we take hold of that. But if it wasn't for the behavior of faith, that gives us the solid foundation to stand on, because that's really the picture that that's painting, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you say? From 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 the definition that you just read, when you say that it gives us a picture of a solid foundation, okay, uh, that we can stand upon, that we can say with all confidence, God is my savior, Jesus is my savior, God, or whatever, God is my healer. God is my deliverer. God is my provider. And then people say, well, yeah, well, that's nice wishful thinking. No, it's not wishful thinking. It's based on the promises that he's already made us. So when we allow the promises of God to operate in our lives according to the principles of faith or the behavior of faith, it brings us to the place where all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a second. I can make this declaration right now. I don't need to see the healing. I don't need to see the manifestation of prosperity, I can declare beforehand by faith, God is my provider. God is my healer. Why? Because I'm taking hold of that thing. I am taking it by faith, and therefore, the way faith operates in my life, in your life, in anyone else's life, is that now that creates the evidence of the thing not yet seen. The fact that God who cannot lie has said, yeah, Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be
1: saved. Mm.
0: That's an important
1: thing. You know, you talk about salvation. Yeah. We trust God for salvation. Mm-hmm. We trust in, in the work of the cross that Jesus accomplished. The work accomplished. of grace. Yeah. The work of grace that yeah. Jesus purchased for us. Mm-hmm. That's salvation, right? We trust that. There's a lot that goes into, that, into God's salvation program. I've heard, of, I've heard it put that way before. That... I think a lot of people are under the assumption that salvation is limited to just their eternal destination. Right. But there's more. Yeah. Uh, In in the Schofield Reference Bible, if you look at salvation, when it shows up in in the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. that word salvation shows up in the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Hebrew and the Greek words for salvation have implications of, it says, deliverance, safety, preservation, healing, and soundness.
0: Right. You're talking about in the New Testament, that word soteria, which covers everything. Everything you just said. Salvation from not going to hell, being separated from God. Salvation in the form of deliverance Mm -hmm. from all evil, from anything that comes from the kingdom of darkness. Uh, Access to healing, access to prosperity, access to peace of mind, shalom. In other words, when he saved us, it wasn't just, okay, Corey, you're not going to hell anymore. No, it's Corey, you're not going to hell. You belong to me. I take responsibility for everything that goes on in your life i will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory through christ jesus christ jesus is your connection to him christ jesus is my connection to him jesus messiah connects us to the promises of god now if i could i'd like to share something from the old testament because every time we talk or every time i teach about something like this i'm always reminded of genesis 15 Genesis 15 to me is like, if we can just go there real quick. Genesis 15 is like where Abraham receives what we were talking about before, illumination. Now the revelation of God as it pertains to Abraham's life took place in Genesis chapter 12. God calls Abraham to leave everything that's familiar to him. Now he had to do that by faith.
1: You realize can, can, I, can I ask can I? a question, yeah. just, just, just sure. for reference for people who who are listening and watching? Mm-hmm. Why did God call Abraham? What, what, well, what place, what what part in God's plan for humanity did Abraham play? Because I I don't know if everybody uh, knows that when they hear about Abraham. Okay. Well, God created a man. Yeah.
0: God always deals with a person. Yeah. From that man, many others uh, many others were yeah. born Talk into about the Adam. earth. Took a man Adam. Adam. Yeah. And then, you know, from Adam, we have Noah comes on the scene. From Noah, Abraham comes on the scene. See, Abraham is a direct descendant of Noah. Yeah. God always deals with a person. He always deals with an individual to bring forth his plan, to introduce himself to the others. God dealt with prophets in the Old Testament. Then yeah. finally, even Hebrew says, and finally then he sent his son to reveal God. God always chooses to, to reveal himself through an individual. Yeah. Okay? You notice that God at, at no point in time ever appeared lit up the whole sky with his presence and said here i am you all have to believe in me he always uses someone to reveal him why if god appeared in all his majesty in the sky where the entire planet could see him all at the same time would it require any faith at that point no no it would it would be unquestionable there's there's no reason he's right there i see him of course he exists but he desires faith yeah and you've heard me say this many times. All God has ever been looking for from mankind our faith. since the garden is faith. Yeah. Why? I think it was really a deep offense. I'm not saying that God took offense, but I think there was a deep, I'm going to say it, a deep wounding that took place when Adam and Eve, who he created, who he fellowshiped, who he met with face to face, they knew God. When they turned on him and took the faith that they originally had in him, and placed it in the serpent's voice, in his like we talked about, like the seed that was deposited in Eve's heart, they chose to see Romans Romans ten seventeen says now faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, faith comes by hearing, no matter what. In our case, faith to produce salvation comes from the word of God. But think about it, faith the enemy deposited seeds of faith in Eve's heart.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting that, thing to ex- think about.
0: Expecting that faith to produce trust in him, in yeah. the devil, and it worked. She rose to a level of faith in the devil. <clears throat> she, took the, she unplugged her faith in God and she plugged it into, ser- into okay. the serpent. Don't you think that hurt the father? Oh yeah. We know We know the Holy Spirit could be grieved. We know the father could be grieved. We know the father could be angry, even go yes, the Israelites. God can get angry. We know Jesus got angry. Uh, when we get to heaven, we'll ask him for the, the rerun of what he did and the temple overturning the tables. Oh, I see that. I can't even imagine <laughs> what his face must have looked like. Now, I remember one point, I don't want to get off on, but I want to stick, stick to topic here. I remember one point where Brother Hagin had, had a visitation from the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, without going into a bunch of details, he said when Jesus got angry, fire shot out of his eyes. Wow. Could you imagine how frightening that must have been? So the average person who really doesn't know the nature of God and the character of God, they don't have that concept. Well, God is God. God is love. Well, love can get hurt. Mm -hmm. Love can get angry. Yeah. You know? So imagine how it hurt the father when trust was taken from him and placed in his, we could call it, his archenemy. That's got to hurt. Yeah. Okay? So it's only natural then. That all that God has been looking for since that time is for us to replug that faith back into him, yeah. our creator, our father. That's the whole story of the Bible. That's the whole story of the Word of God. That is everything. And the Word of God is faith, yes. trust, trust, trust. That's why he could say 365 times, fear not, yeah. fear not, fear not. Because when we fear, we're not trusting him. Don't fear. I got you covered. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to yeah. provide for you. I'm going to protect you. It's going to be okay. It might not go the way you think it's going to go, hmm. but it's going to be okay. So Genesis, in Genesis chapter 12, God obviously, you ask the question, why did God pick Abraham? Okay. Well, the scriptures tell us that God said, I've chosen Abraham because I know he's going to teach his children. It says in some translations, he's going to order his children after me. He knew this guy, this Abraham, I can trust him. He's human, he's going to make mistakes. You know, he lied a couple of times, went into Egypt, tried to trick Mm -hmm. Pharaoh, okay? He was a little bit of a con artist, he had a little bit of a fleshy side to him, like we all do. But God said, I can trust this guy, because I know he's going to teach his children after him. Hmm. He's going to lead by example, okay? So in Genesis chapter 12, uh, God reveals himself to Abraham. Obviously, they had some type of a relationship up until this point. And, in fact, if you really want to get technical about it, it was really Abraham's father that probably started this relationship with God for the family. Yeah. Because, you know, in chapter 11, he calls his father to leave first. They get so far. Yeah. And then they stop and they don't go into the promised land. Abraham now completes that journey. So he calls Abraham to leave everything that's familiar and to go to a place that you know not. Mm -hmm. That takes faith. You know, I've used this example of times talking about faith. The first time, you know, not the first time, but when I knew for a fact in 1994, yeah, 94, 95, that it was time for me to take my family, leave everything that was familiar to us, leave the area here in New Jersey, leave our business that was just starting to produce an income and go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, for us to go get our education in the work. Yeah. we were being called to a place that we knew not. I'd never traveled to that part of the country. I'd never traveled further than i don't know the East Coast, yeah, so to go to a place that when we got there, I literally felt like Abraham like, man, everything is so far in here, you know it was the culture it wasn't like it is in the East Coast. the culture wasn't you even the religious culture and yeah. And atmosphere was very different. So that took faith for Abraham to leave this place. And he has a relationship with God. He leaves. He goes to the place where God showed him. But then something happens. He's now the head of the family. Um, there's a battle that takes place that's described for us in Genesis 14. Abraham has to go rescue his nephew. Yeah, You remember Lot? Yeah. He's always getting in trouble. So Abraham has to go rescue his nephew. He defeats these armies, rescues his nephew. On his way back, he has to pass by where today we would call modern-day Jerusalem. It's called Salem. He meets an individual there. Some people say it was Noah's grandson. Um, Some people say it was the Lord Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. pre-incarnate, before he was born into Bethlehem. But he meets this man, and he gives this man, whose name is Melchizedek, which really is a title, it's not a name. Melchizedek is Melechizedek, okay? In Hebrew, king of righteousness, yeah. okay? It says he was the high priest of Salem. So yeah. this is a man who knew God, represented God. Abraham stops by there, and he gives him one-tenth of all the spoil, in other words, all the goods that he gathered and he won from this battle, yeah. okay, he gives to him, which is a step of faith, mm-hmm. okay? So right after this chapter finishes with that, Whole exchange of blessings. Abram, at this time it's called Abram, not Abraham, yeah. gives 10% of all that he had gotten to this person, Melchizedek. Melchizedek meets him with bread and wine, okay? Symbolic, symbolic. Of, symbolic of communion. Yeah. Symbolic of the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And blesses Abram, speaks blessing over him. Well, chapter 15 starts with, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Now, what he said there, and you may have heard me teach this before. You might have even kind of just studied it on your own. I know you you study the Bible. Uh, What he was saying there was, okay, Abram, by what you did and what we call chapter 14. Yeah. Because there's actions sometimes that will provoke grace from God. Those are faith actions.
1: Yeah. Okay? The tithe you're talking about when he tithes. Well, and that specific
0: milk. one was a tithe.
1: Yeah. But no, even, oh, no, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying generally tithe, but in, in Abraham's case, in that case, his, his tithe exactly to Melchizedek exactly Triggered some some triggers to, triggers Abraham, Abraham to go to the next level with God. That's it. Yeah. A new revelation, a
0: new yeah. illumination. So verse uh, verse one in chapter 15, which is basically an extension of chapter 14. Yeah. After these things, well, what things? Well, go read chapter 14. The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid. Abram, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Now, when you read this in the original language, he's using the language of what we would call a, a paymaster. In other words, a person, the HR guy. Today, years ago, they called a paymaster. When you worked, you went at the end of the day, you presented your card, yeah. they paid you on the spot, Okay. That doesn't happen like that anymore. You, know, you get direct deposits, all this stuff. But yeah. there's, there's an HR person who's in charge of payroll. Hmm. Okay? So That's God's using this language. This is how cool this is. You talk about a, having a real relationship with God, a reality yeah. relationship with God. God says to him, buddy. Uh, you work for me now. That's that's what he's saying here right now. Yeah. From this point forward, you work for me. You're on my payroll. In fact, I think in the King James, it says, I will be your recompense. Now, what is a yeah. recompense? A recompense is I'm your paymaster. Wow. I am the one from now on. You're on my payroll. Here's, here's a benefit package you can expect. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. Yeah. I'm going to make your descendants a blessing upon the earth.
1: You see what I'm saying? Yeah, he, and he proved, Abraham proved that he wanted it. That was already in his heart. Yeah. In chapter 14. Yeah. When he ties to Melchizedek.
0: Yeah. He's S- putting God symb- first. Symbolic
1: of putting God first. Absolutely. He's honoring God
0: because he knows. How does a man with 318 servants defeat, I believe you looked at, five the armies of five kings? Mm. That doesn't happen. No. He recognized. The only reason I came out of this battle intact the only reason I was able to rescue my, my nephew and his family, yeah. the only reason why we didn't suffer any losses is because God Almighty is watching over me, His hand is upon mm-hmm. my life. Okay? But don't you think it took faith also to go out to that battle? Of course oh, yeah. it did.
1: Of course it did. So, so. But I will just, I will just say this yeah, it, it took faith. And, and I think when Abram went out to battle, I think he believed in God's word so much. When God told him that, I'm going to. Uh, you, your descendants. You. I'm right. going to bless you. I'm going to. Um, you, you're going to have descendants. He didn't... Through your in, descendants, all your the descendants. earth will be blessed. And that didn't happen yet. Right. So, but, and, and I think Abram was so convinced at that oh, point that that absolutely. God's word was true. Right. And he's like, okay, well, I don't even have one son yet. I don't believe God's a liar. Right, right. So I'm going to make it through this war, even if I have 318 servants. It doesn't because, matter because I'm not done yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Plus, God had sent him, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse mm-hmm. him who curses you. So he knows. And, you know, we'll get into this in another, in another, uh, another conversation at another time. But Abraham, Abraham knew that's covenant language. Okay? Yeah. That's covenant. And a covenant cannot be broken without spiritual consequences.
1: Yeah. A contract can be broken. A contract and can just be legal. broken.
0: Because it's just me and you. We put our name on a piece of paper. Yeah. But a covenant has spiritual implications. In other words, when you enter into covenant... That's why marriage is such a serious thing, because it's a covenant before God. Mm-hmm. Man has to tried to, to reduce it to a contract. But originally, in its original intent, okay, it's meant to bind two individuals together to become one entity in the eyes of God. That's a covenant. Yeah. So Abraham knows, hey, when I first met this God and when I first uh, obeyed this God to come to this, this geographical area, He was right when he said what kind of land it was going to be. It was right when he said, I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to make you rich. Abraham was already rich, but God made him rich. It's a big deal when God makes you rich. When man makes you rich, there's string's attached to it. Mm -hmm. When God makes you rich, it comes from God. It's a grace of God, and you give him the honor and the glory for it, which is why he paid the tithe. He took the 10% and gave it to him. So here, God now reveals himself to him and says, Okay, buddy, you show me your faith. You show me by your actions. He operated, behaving like the faith of Hebrews chapter eleven. Wow. He he let that he stood be. He by
1: his promise exactly.
0: He let that be. He let God's word be the yeah. evidence of the fact that oh, every place I put my feet, you're given to me, from the boundaries of the Euphrates to the Mediterranean. Hmm. From, from the mountains of Lebanon to, to the border of Egypt, to actually to the Nile. Oh, that's my land? No problem. I'm going to act like I own it now. All right. To this day, they still don't have it 100%. But God's not alive. God's coming. He, and that the devil has tried to fight that promise being fulfilled yeah. for the past 4,000 years. That's why there's so much. That's why it would be called the center of all... Violence and hatred and animosity and distrust is the Middle East. Yeah. The enemy does not want that promise to be fulfilled. He wants to prove before the entire universe that God's a liar. It's yeah. not going to happen. The day's going to come when Abraham's descendants, the nation of Israel, will possess that land. Yeah. And they'll have the king, Jesus, there in the center of them.
1: And it the It's interesting them. that this promise made to Abraham wasn't even fulfilled. During his lifetime. Now, yet, yet he still had faith. Died in faith. Died in faith. Hebrews 11
0: is the hall of faith. Every one of those people, I just talked about this recently, every one of those people died holding on to that promise by faith, which one of the definitions you and I talked about is to, to really be in faith is when you take hold of that promise and you won't let go of it, no more than a bulldog would let go of a bone. Yeah. You latch on it, your, your jaw locks, you got to kill that dog this to is get mine. that thing out. This is mine. That's this it. Mine. holding on to it. And that's how you and I need to hold on. That's why yeah. we need to hold fast to confession mm-hmm. of our faith. Because mm-hmm. the enemy is constantly trying to convince us, yeah. you're not really saved. What you're is not a confession?
1: I, I think a lot of people hear the word confession. And well, they yeah, they that's think of a very the, di- right. different picture.
0: Yeah, coming from the background that we come from, when we talk about when we... Especially coming from the Roman Catholic background, we talk about confession. We think about going in that little little box. You know, the priest is there. There's a screen. You're supposed to confess to him all your sins. The Bible confession is not. Now, there is a principle of confess your faults, your flaws to one another so that you can pray for one another. Okay, there is that. But when the Bible talks about confession, for the most part, in the New Testament, confess means to to say the same 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 as. as. So we entered into salvation. We, we take hold of salvation by doing what? Romans 10, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Yeah. Now, you can say something over and over again, but until you say but when you say it by faith, when you say it in faith, when yeah. you say it through faith, that's when it's like, man, the transaction takes place. I like to, I like to compare it to, you remember that, that story in Mark chapter 5? The woman with the issue of blood, the woman yeah. who had that hemorrhage for, yeah. for 12 years, okay uh, Without going into the whole story, she heard about Jesus, she heard the miracles He, was, he was, She understood this has got to be the Messiah This has got to be the yeah. one that the rabbis have been talking about Now she had this bloody condition in her body, this hemorrhage And so by the law of Moses, she's not supposed to go out into public Almost like leprosy yeah. You remember the lepers were supposed to yell and, and, and from a distance, hey, unclean, unclean, yeah. so that you would get away. So the, the, the disease that was so contagious, you wouldn't catch it. Well, in a sense, she's, supposed, she's under that same ban. She's not to go out in public while she has. Now, this woman's 12 years isolated. She has so much faith in what she's heard. You remember, faith comes by hearing. Yes. She had so much faith rise up in her heart from what she heard about Jesus that she literally took her life in her hands to get out in public, to go find out where he was. Now, I said all that to, to give you this illustration, to give our listeners and our, yeah. our audience this illustration. He didn't know she was in the crowd, okay? He said, well, yeah. Jesus knows everything. Jesus on earth was dependent on the Holy Spirit, just mm-hmm. like you and I are dependent on the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We could talk about that another time. So unless the Holy Spirit revealed something to him, he didn't know. You yeah. remember when he went to the pool of Bethesda? It said there were many that were sick there, but the Holy Spirit led him to yeah. one. Okay, now he's obedient to the Holy Spirit, so he went to that one. So the, the woman with this hemorrhage, she crawls through the crowd. She takes, because she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be healed. I'll be made whole. That was her confession. That was her confession. She was saying the same as what she knew about Jesus. Okay, this is The, the first one. she heard. Because she heard. Yeah. So she spoke based on what she heard. She had faith based on what she heard. Yeah. She spoke. Based on faith yeah so when she touched him, it was almost like I don't know if you did this when you were in science class when you were a little kid maybe in elementary school for us the big phenomenal thing I remember the only thing I could possibly remember from science class was the fact that if you mix baking soda with vinegar uh, you create one of those volcanic explosions oh, yeah, yeah it's a chemical it's a chemical reaction yeah Okay. you mix vinegar you know when, when vinegar comes in contact with baking soda boom Okay, that's how we used to make those little volcanoes and stuff, science projects. So I picture that same thing happened that day when she grabbed him. Oh, yeah. There was a reaction that took place. Her faith grabbed a hold of the power that was in Jesus. Because what did he say? Who touched me? I felt power go from me. That's interesting. Isn't it? So, So her faith literally, I have to say it like this, her faith literally jerked. The grace of God out wow. of Jesus and went into her body and her body was instantaneously wow. healed. That's what faith will do. That's what God, that's how God wants us to operate. We started this out with talking about the economy of heaven, the economy of the kingdom of God. Okay, here on the earth, we operate by faith. Yeah. When we get to heaven, we're not going to need faith. But here on earth, we need faith. Yeah. <clears throat> that economy is this, the, the the way it operates, that we have been created by God, and he's placed faith in us. Each one of us have received a measure of faith, or yeah. the measure of faith, some translations. Yeah. And I believe that measure of faith is enough to get saved, okay? We have the faith. He has the grace. When the two of those come together, it provides for that kind of a reaction, almost like a chemical reaction. Bam. Yeah. It's, at that point, it's going to happen. It's automatic. It's going to happen. You will be guaranteed. If you take baking soda and you throw it in vinegar, it's going to foam up. It's, going to, it's, going to, it's not going to create an explosion that's you know, going to hurt somebody. But there's a chemical reaction that takes place. That is why faith is so important. That is why it's vital. It's mandatory. For Christians, for believers, yeah. to not just get born again and say, okay, well, I'm going to heaven. No. Now you're in a different kingdom. You've come out of the kingdom of darkness which operates in fear, which operates in manipulation, which operates in strife, and all those kind of things, okay, you come into the kingdom of God. Now you operate according to the kingdom that you're in now. Yeah. And the kingdom
1: of God operates in faith. Extremely important. You know, before we began recording, I was thinking of the shield of faith. And now now you're talking about- That's a good one. Now you're talking about Living by faith, operating by faith. Okay. What does the, sh- the shield of faith do? Well, the shield of faith,
0: I think I can say this accurately, is built by us, but provided by God. In other words, hmm. God provides the the material, yeah, but you and I have to build it. Now, you might remember many years ago, I, I did a teaching on the shield of faith. I probably should do yeah, that. You again. had a
1: big shield. I remember that. I had a big yeah, shield. Still, where is that? No,
0: I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> it probably got dismantled. And that shield was made up of different planks, yeah. different boards. And each one of those boards, we probably, I think we have pictures on on our Facebook page Yeah. Uh, of that shield. Each one of those planks had a scripture verse. Yeah. But you and I have to, I'm glad we're, we're tapping into this. You and I have got to build our shield of faith for every area that we need to believe God for. Yeah. So, so we, let's go to the most basic one. We build our shield of faith for salvation. Romans 9 and 10, we just talked yeah. about it, whoever calls upon, if you confess that Jesus is Lord, of mm-hmm. the scripture, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's, so you got Romans 9 and 10, uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10, there's one plank, okay? Later on, in that same, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's another one. Gospel of John, chapter one, verse twelve. To as many as believed in Him, to them He gave them the right to become children of God. Yeah, another, plank. another plank. Right. Uh, John three sixteen, probably the center plank of the shield. Yeah. So, so every one of those scriptures come together and they formulate this shield. Now, why do I need a shield? Well, because according to Ephesians, exactly. Sorry. According to okay. according to Ephesians, okay, there's fiery darts of the enemy. Well, what are the fiery darts of the enemy? People say, well, it's a sickness. No, no. Fiery dart of the enemy is anything that comes against our mind. Yeah. Lies. To get us. It's lies. lies. Anything to get us off of what the scriptures say about our, our God, about our relationship with him, yeah. about who we are, in because we're in a relationship with him, who we are now, okay? And even lies about who the devil yeah. is. Okay? Yeah. So so we build that shield of faith, so now I'm on this side, the shield of faith is here, and it's protecting me from all these lies from the enemy. Oh, you're not really saved. Oh, God doesn't really love you. Oh, God didn't really care for you. Oh, did Jesus really die yeah. on the cross? To all these arrows coming at us, we need that shield. You need the yeah. same thing for healing. You need the same thing for, for prosperity, the same thing yeah. for peace of mind. Whatever area of need that you are in, or I am in, or anyone is in, you build that shield of faith in the enemy. Right. Why? Because it quenches the fiery darts of the I,
1: enemy. I, I want to be in a place <clears throat> where I'm always having my shield up. And when those darts, those lies come, they don't even penetrate my mind. I don't know if that's possible here on this earth.
0: I believe, I believe it is to an extent, but it's something that you have to constantly maintain. Now, yeah. you've studied this probably, I would imagine. When Paul was writing about this, about the shield of faith, He's, he's in a society that was very heavily infiltrated or very heavily impacted by the military yeah. in Rome, okay? In fact, he probably was surrounded by Roman guards and soldiers when he wrote that. Yeah. Okay, now he knew that there was certain types of shields. There's a small one when you're in close battle, but then there's that big gigantic yeah. shield that was almost like the size of a door. Okay?
1: Yeah, it was from multiple people. Multiple
0: people, when, when, they would, when they would join those shields together, you, they created an impenetrable wall, mm-hmm. okay? And that's a whole other teaching, that we're, we should be joining our shields together oh, so yeah. that the enemy can't get in, okay? But we're told by archeologists and you know, students of history and people who studied the Roman a way of conducting warfare and their armies, and uh, let's face it, they were invincible at a certain point in time in history. I mean, they conquered the entire known world yeah. at that time. So what they would do with these things is they would build these shields, the wood first, and then they would cover the front part where they're going to face the enemy with some type of leather, some type of animal skin. Yeah. Okay. And then they would soak those. Yeah. And that's why Paul says, by which you quench the, the fiery, fiery darts of the enemy. He's using it. They knew what he was
1: talking about. Yeah. They understood it. Because an worship. actual battle, an
0: actual battle, they would
1: light dar- uh, arrows on, on fire, fire, yeah, and shoot at the exactly. Roman shields. So if that
0: fiery dart hits a shield that's not been constructed properly, yeah. what's the water? I would imagine it's the water, and you know you got the planks of the word of God, yeah. but the water is always symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit lights the word of God, yeah. and it just lights it up and just takes the word of God. But when you're so when when our shields are soaked. When our yeah. knowledge of the word is also... Basically just saturated in God. Just saturated in God, yeah. the presence of the Holy Spirit. The enemy's still going to... You notice the darts still come, the come, arrows yeah. still, come. still come. It doesn't matter. You can all the way. They once might they even hit come that, more
1: because you're yeah. saturated in God. Yeah.
0: And, and so when those arrows hit, they yeah. just... You can hear that hiss. Why? Because they hit that shield that's been soaked in water. So that not only yeah. the, is there a strength coming from the wood, which could be the Word of God, but there's also that quenching, that I extinguishing
1: really, component. Yeah. I really think that's what it means to walk by faith, like Paul writes in right. 2 Corinthians 5, when we walk by faith and not by sight. Mm. I really I, think yeah. part of that is having that shield constantly up.
0: Yeah, but not being paranoid. No, not being but paranoid. But walking no. very naturally Yeah, just as a flow of life. You know, uh, a situation comes up. You know, this morning we got hit with a situation that needed prayer immediately. Okay, okay, here we go. Shields up. Um, you start praying for healing. Start praying the healing scriptures. Psalm 103, he forgives, not only forgives our sins, but heals all our diseases. Yeah. Isaiah 53, by his stripes we're healed. Yeah. You know, First uh, Peter 2.24, by his stripes we were healed, pointing back to the cross. Yeah.
1: I think, one, I think one of the issues that people have is, so, so am, I, am I praying so that I can get this thing, or am I praying to, to claim what I already have? What's the biblical answer to that? Am I, am I, you know?
0: Yeah, I know what you're saying, okay? We're praying because we're declaring what God has already said is yeah. established in our lives. I don't see it as an attaining. I don't see it as a grasping of taking yeah. hold. God's not there going like this, you know. When you try to grab for it, He yeah. pulls. No, He doesn't play mind games like that. He's revealed to us who He is. He's revealed to us what our relationship is like with Him. He's revealed to us all that He's done already for us. And and yeah. it he's has ordered. to be right. It's got to be past tense. We're not looking for God to do. We're taking hold of what God's already done. Yeah. Okay. And truthfully. I mean, as we come to this, kind of wrapping this up for this yeah. episode, you—it's—it's it's impossible to say that we're living by faith without living by the Word of God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, the Word of God is what our faith is based on. Yeah, the Word of God creates faith in us. Just like that woman, yeah. she heard about Jesus. She heard about what He had done. Maybe she heard that He raised the dead. Maybe she heard that He cleansed lepers. Mm-hmm. Okay, because we see multiple times when he's healed the blind or uh, caused the deaf to hear and mutes to speak. We see multiple. We see the lame being. But there's only one time that he dealt with this situation with this hemorrhage that's recorded for us. So she heard this man is capable of healing, even though though I've had this disease for 12 years. Okay, but nothing happened until she began to speak. And then she took action based on what she spoke. And that's what our life is about. Our life here on earth is about knowing the word of God, yeah. speaking the word of God, walking in the light of the promises that have been made to
1: us. Yeah, not doubting. That's how Jesus walked. That's how Jesus walked. And, and I think of the scripture, and it's in First John chapter four, as He is. So about we. Jesus, as He is, so are we in this world. In this world, and then I, I think that that goes back to the whole thing with seeds. Hmm. Every seed reproduces after its own kind. Yeah. And the word of God is seed. Absolutely. But none of that, Jesus is seed. Yeah.
0: God planted Jesus mm-hmm. to reap a family. Yeah, that's good. And we take we become their family by faith. Yeah. Don't, don't
1: you love how the, these natural pictures oh my gosh. make the so reality good. of God so, so much more clear? And that's what gets
0: religious people so upset. They don't like yeah. the fact that God's so plain to understand. <laughs> Because then you know the religious the religious mindset is well you know I've attained to this place now where I've yeah. got this knowledge and understanding, and so they, the a religious type person will always try to make things very complicated, yeah, or based on formulas, yeah. Now, this is a relationship,
1: yeah. That's the key thing with faith. It's not. It, it. Cannot be reduced to this formula. It no. has to be based on, on it has our principles, and it's principles. Principles, yes. But not. But it's not. A formula. When it becomes a formula, you get into this kind of witchcrafty kind of area. New agey. Well, I
0: think it's even worse than that because you see, when you operate a formula, it puts you at the center of that's, it. That's
1: yeah. That's the worst thing.
0: That's the worst thing. And this this relationship really we have with God the basis of
1: all religions. Absolute, like false religions. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Real real faith. God's at the center. Uh, yep. His what He has done for us is at the center. His covenant, His, his promises, His oath, everything that He's promised me and you, Absolutely. and those who are watching and listening, that is at the center. He's always the, he's always the giver.
0: Yeah, We're always the receiver. It's yeah. always gonna be that way. Now, we release our faith towards Him, which is the most that we can do. We can't offer Him our pain and suffering, you know, but we I'm suffering, I'm offering up my suffering to God. No, yeah. that is a demonic concept. Yeah. The only thing that we can give God is our faith. Mm-hmm. And in a covenant relationship, and, and you understand this, and I know you've studied this out, the covenant that we have with God through the Word of God is a unique covenant. It's a one sided covenant. Yeah. Most covenants are have two parties. Yeah. Okay. They go back and forth, there's an equal exchange. Our relationship with God is completely one sided. He does all the giving, yeah. we do
1: all the receiving. And I said in a brief little covenant uh, topic discussion, because we don't have time to talk about all of this. Because right. you say most covenants back in those times that had two parties, and with God it, two it was equal two equal parties. God made the covenant with Jesus was our divine representative. Right. So God, Jesus represented God to us, and he also represented us to God. Hundred mm-hmm. percent man, hundred percent God. Yeah. And to reap the benefits of that right. covenant be in Christ. Absolutely. Like every time that the Bible, in the, in the epistles where it says, in him or in Christ or through Christ, every time right. that it says that, I, I want to pay special attention to that. Yes. Because ta- that, that to me brings up this covenant that we're in.
0: Yeah. So, well, salvation brought us to that position in Christ. Yeah. We're only, we're only recipient of salvation because we're in Christ. Yeah. Okay. He's the firstborn from the dead. Yep. Okay. So we're in him. So that's our relationship with God. And that's a complete faith
1: relationship. Yeah. Faith is important. We'll talk about this more in, yeah. the, in the future. It, this this topic of faith <laughs> and how the kingdom operates by faith. Um look it's so needed now because I know you know in the and days I, that we're in, in oh that's what so I was just gonna say. In the days that we're in, um, you know, as as Paul wrote to Timothy in um uh, in his letter to Timothy, we're in perilous times. We're, we're at the last of the last days. Yeah. But
0: they were in the last minutes of the last days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, th- this is a time now more than ever that the church needs to operate the way the kingdom operates. And uh, there, there's this quote by Kenneth Hagan mm-hmm. that I read recently. It impacted me so much. Um, I wanted to share it. This is in the book... Kenneth Hagin spoke the name of Jesus. He says, the church's problem, and this is written in 1979. Right. Okay, if, it's, if it was true then, it's more true now. It's more true now, more, more appropriate now. Yeah, the church's problem has been that we have lived beneath our privileges so long that we think it's normal Christianity, but it is abnormal. It's absolutely abnormal Christianity, in other words, to, to live beneath right. our needs. And he goes on to say, the whole church, uh, the Pentecostal, full gospel, even the charismatic move included is in a babyhood stage, right? We're trying to have faith. We're trying to believe. But thank God, some are coming to see the light of God's word. And I'm convinced more today than I was yesterday that in these last days, there's going to arise a company of believers who will see and know their authority, Amen. their rights, their privileges in Christ. They will know that the name of Jesus belongs to them. They will take up that name and start using it as unconsciously as they take their car keys and unlock the car door and then put them in the ignition and start the car. Very natural. Very natural. Not, and this is based on knowledge of the word of God. And yeah. anybody can have that. Absolutely. Anybody who's... Desperate enough, yeah. who's devoted enough, yeah. who it's wants, not, it? who it's wants to. It's not a few special people. Right.
0: It's for whoever wants to put the work in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, wow. Well, I, I got a, great, a lot out of great this. Great conversation. Yeah. yeah. This went in, in a direction that I, I could have never predicted. Um, I, I love these kinds of things yes. where the Holy Spirit just leads a conversation. The of God. Yeah. Yep. I, you know, I, I think the people get the most out of those conversations. Definitely. And, um, you know, for those who are watching and, and or listening, um, we really pray that you can take some of these principles that we've been talking about, about faith, and apply them to your life, apply them to what you're believing God for. That it doesn't have to be this mental marathon of trying to believe that I can rest in god i could rest in his promises i can rest in what he promised to me specifically or in or in his promises in his word that i can rest in that because of what jesus did for us on the cross and that he rose again from the the dead and so thank you so much and uh we'll see you next time Amen.